So, Gingy, welcome to My First Thousand, the podcast in which we talk to YouTubers about how they got started, how they grow online, and uh, we learn a few lessons from the best of the best. Uh, it is a privilege to talk to you today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me today. I'm very excited. Hey, awesome. So you make videos about video game narrative, about storytelling and in-depth kind of lore analysis. Uh, what kind of drew what kind of drew you towards this niche? So it actually started back when I first started making videos. I my first couple videos were random, anything that I could kind of make just to get the feel of it and what I wanted to make. And then after that happened, I decided after watching YouTubers for years, I was seeing a bunch of people have larger channels by covering one game or one series. And I was thinking, well, I mean, I could do that. I could cover a game for four to five years if I enjoy it. And then that's where I got my start with a game called For Honor. Uh, I covered the daily updates and news for the game. And but after a while, I started getting slightly bored with it. And I realized that I wasn't going anywhere. We'll call it creatively. I wasn't I was just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. And I wanted to do something different. And so I tried to branch out and then that ended up like not working. So I had to completely drop For Honor and just stick with the videos I make. I the, the reason I chose those is I was really interested in stories of games. I realized through a couple videos that I made in the past that talking about the story, even if it's super obvious, people will still watch it. Uh, a good example is I think like a month or two ago, I made a Resident Evil Village video. Uh, to me, I thought the story was right there. It, all, it was all there. All the notes were there. Everything seemed very obvious, uh, but it ended up getting six, seven hundred thousand views. And I went, oh, I, I would, I would assume that if you were confused about the story, you would watch the video on it. And it seemed either a lot of people were, or that just people wanted to see it. Maybe they missed something. So I realized that uh, obvious content is actually not a bad choice. So I made story. And then the other videos, uh, like the one that I've made a couple days ago on Fallout 76 was kind of a review, but also to kind of push me a little more creatively. I was do I've been doing a bit more, a lot more script writing, and I've started enjoying it a lot more. Hmm, that's really cool to hear. Okay, well, I was going to ask you a bit about your script writing, because essentially what you're doing in a lot of your videos is 20-minute essays, which obviously long require a lot of in-depth writing. What What's your process and when you go to write a script? Uh, so the, what I'll do is I have a whiteboard in the other room over here and I, I kind of have a few ideas written down. Uh, what helps a lot is some of the videos I've made are games I've played before. So I know the general idea. So a good one that I made was about Bioshock and it's plot twist ending. I knew that I wanted to make a video on Bioshock. I knew the game had a plot twist ending I could analyze and talk about that again so I was super excited to do that uh, a couple games I don't know so I'd like I I've played them but don't really have an idea so I'd have to just kind of go in and hope I figure out something but if I come up with the video idea right away I will record with that intention in mind so if I'm covering the setting of a game I will make sure to specifically look at the setting around me and make sure that I capture that footage specifically. And then once everything is done, roughly, when I'm done doing the playthrough, uh, I'll start with the intro. I will then do the script writing. Uh, after the script writing, however long that takes, 
uh, we go to the we record the audio and then cut up the video and upload it. Depending on how long the video is or what it is, it could take quite a bit. I think the Fallout video a couple days ago took a couple weeks to make, but the Devil May Cry video I made uh, only took like a week and a half or so because that wasn't as intensive in terms of what I had to record and whatnot. Hmm. Well, it's a lot of content you push out. So even back in 2016, I think the first video you you ever made actually, which is of gameplay of Overwatch, you were you were just 16 years old and you stated that you were looking to push out about one to two videos a week. And looking over the past what almost five years or so of your channel, you've you've damn near managed to hit that, right? Like that's really impressive. Yeah. That's a hell of a lot of work. Yeah, back when I first started making those videos, I would feel weird. Because uh, this was still when I was watching YouTubers that would upload daily and whatnot. I would feel weird if I were to upload once every couple weeks. And it shows in my early videos of For Honor, there was like a time... Because uh, the updates came out every Thursday, these dev streams. So to fill the gap on Monday and Tuesday, I would make something to at least make it so that it was a once a week video. But those videos, I just didn't like. I was kind of reaching and I didn't really know whether it was a good or not. Uh, of a video so i stopped it all together uh, after that i started realizing that you don't need to do daily uploads to be successful at this platform i've there's people i've watched that haven't uploaded in six months uh once they upload you know whenever they'll get the same amount of views as before it just all depends some people prefer daily and can do daily i definitely cannot and i'm okay with what i'm doing now this once every two weeks to three weeks to a month i'm totally fine with it because mm, you've focused so hard then on the quality of the videos that you're doing uh, i mean we mentioned before in just the script alone let let alone any other part of production they're very very good scripts and they mm. clearly touch a lot of people considering if we read through your comment sections and how much they kind of um i don't know if radiates the right word how much they impact people and how much people are affected by your work so they're definitely very emotive hmm the the script writing is I, i've looked at a few people's scripts before and because some people like to publish theirs and they have all these like indents and uh like a, all these bullet points and things they want to bring up and it made me realize how like very bare bones my script is it's just a lot of text and i the only thing that changes is i'll have in bold and in parentheses what the topic is so if i'm talking about the story i'll have the word story at the top and that's like the only change I guess it doesn't matter. As long as it works for you, it works. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel I feel like I don't need to do too much as long as the, the writing is good. I think that's very important. Mm. So when, when you write scripts, do you ever at the time include, um, say, notes or annotations as to what you think you would include in the video? Because, for example, in one of your Dishonored videos recently, about three or four months ago, you include... You, um, very amusingly said that it's about a about a plague, about class disparity, about a lot of people being locked in their homes, a lot of isolation, and uh, the difference between the higher yes. and lower classes and abuse. And of course, uh, in the video, you put it over with lots of, say, news cycles of current times, of course, during the 2021 uh, pandemic, yes. which gave me a giggle. Did you think about that at the time of writing? Um, Sometimes I, I do. I think I came up with that when I did write, because I realized, uh, I think what helped a lot was I actually found a Dishonored video I was watching prior to even making this video, was talking about 
dishonored and just uh, like a 2020 review and he talked about the pandemic and i went that's that's very true this is practically like very identical of what's you know it's just very different circumstances and that's a good point and then i kind of remembered that and put it together but usually when i write stuff like that even when it's something just as simple as uh not even that but just other things i want to showcase i'll roughly remember uh first as long as i can do the video from recording to the script writing and to editing in a short amount of time i'll figure it out uh my fallout 3 video that i made months ago i took like a month to two month break from that whole video because cyberpunk had released so i had covered a bunch of those videos for that game when i came back i had no clue what was recorded one i i had everything labeled but i mainly labeled it like by the story or by the dlc so uh one of the dlcs is the pit so all of the footage named was called uh, Fallout 3, The Pit, Part 1, Part 2, Part 3. I I didn't actually remember what happened in those parts. But when I was doing my recent video, I can roughly figure out what I was looking for. So if I can just remember one portion or like, oh, I remember that recording. I you know my game broke and I stopped recording at this point. So anything that happened after was in Part 3. So I roughly remember uh, and I use that uh, as a, I don't like write. That's why I don't write too much down. The only time I will write stuff down in my script, I'll also have it in bold and parentheses. If there's a specific clip that I want to put in, not to remind myself where the clip is, just what clip I want to use that would probably make the most sense for that video or that part. Mm, and like most compliment your script as well, I guess. That's so interesting. Mm. That's so assured, I guess, to go in... Uh, to making a video, you know, with the intention to be published and not even remember significant parts of the video, right? That's, mm. there's a hell of a lot of confidence in that. But like, it works. It shines so through well, uh, sh shines through so well. So like in your recent Fallout 76 one, that looked like hours upon hours of content, but everything that was on screen was complementing what you were saying in regard to particular bugs, particular glitches. As you said what they were, for example, the land turning mm. pink, it showed a clip of all the land turning pink yes yes the it's like that i remembered that i got that clip uh because xbox has a feature where you can just record the last 30 seconds whenever you're playing i remembered that that's how i got the footage it didn't occur when i was recording so i just knew somewhere in the xbox clips it was in there uh thank you for mentioning that everything matched up because that was a pain uh, <laughs> this was very this was very different uh, I wanted to play Fallout 76 for a bit of time. I've been very big in Fallout, and I wanted to play a series and understand the story so that if, like, the random chance that anybody brought something up, like, I could tell you pretty much everything about the game because uh, I've always wanted to, but I never could understand stuff like that. Uh, but Fallout was the one series that I've played pretty much all of them, and I can figure it out. Uh, so I wanted to play 76 because like it was terrible on release. People have deemed it awful. I think there's I found this a couple weeks ago. There's a Wikipedia page that has games uh, like famous games for negative reception. And that's one of the games <laughs> listed in 2018. Uh, so it was it was terrible. The devs deserved all the criticism they got from that. But I wanted to play it again. And I just wanted to have fun with the game. I wanted to have a game that I could play that I wanted to have fun with. After 50 hours, I realized I could make a video on this. So all the 50 hours that I played, 
I didn't record. And that was like 90% wow. of the story. So when I talk about the story section, where I think I mentioned that you come out of the vault, go to Flatwoods, uh, and meet these other people, I re-recorded that like a day, at, like as I was editing the video. So like that wasn't day one when I hopped in the game. That was like hour 93 into it. Uh, I just tried to make wow. it look like it wasn't that. Uh, it was that was painful because I didn't feel like doing an entire new character just to get footage when I could just go to the location and kind of spoof it. Uh, sometimes you have to you have to I guess think a little bit outside the box with this stuff. I could have easily started a new character, got it all done that way, but I wanted to get this video out in a timely fashion. I probably would have still been working on the video had I not attempted to wing wing that part. That was tough. Mm -mm. The bugs part was tough. The story part was tough. The other two weren't terrible. The other two sections weren't terrible, though. Mm. Well, okay. I think there's something very interesting there in terms of when you're making a video as complicated or long, as detailed as you're doing, but as you say, you're trying to hit a timely release, then surely there's a lot. there must be a lot of agonizing over the, um, uh, the point of no return, I guess, of... Um, the point of diminishing returns that's the phrase i'm going for where you know yeah. that you know you can you might be able to improve it by a little bit but you have to hit a time what are the normal i don't know sacrifices what's your thought process in choosing what to include where to go the extra mile when to accept that it's good that sort of thing because as we say here i certainly couldn't tell the difference and i'm sure no one else did either do you mm. see what i mean yeah. yeah yeah the i guess it all kind of depends uh one of the videos I made, I, I like to, when I make a video, I take a break of just nothing. I'll just do I'll do whatever I want in my own time. Nothing YouTube related for like a week. So I'm not recording footage. I'm not, you know, doing a script. Just basically like a vacation, we'll call it, for just like a week. Uh, so it's nice and relaxing. But then after that, I will then get started and figure out what I do. But in between that, I'll figure out, okay, well, what's the next video? What's this? What do I do? There were numerous times where it had taken a week and a half to two weeks, and I still don't know what to do. I not, like Nothing is sitting in my head like, this is a perfect idea. We should run with this. And so sometimes when I do that, and then I end up making a decision, I don't, I have, I'm like kind of a week behind. There, there's never been, ever been a set release date for these videos. I don't think, I don't think I can recall any of these videos having like a release date I wanted to hit like sp like there was a hard deadline like it has to be before this month or it has to be for this day because something else is coming out no it was just a date that I set for myself like an idea like get it done in like the next two weeks or something so whenever I hit that fake deadline of mine I start realizing all right this is taking forever this is like a we're going on three weeks here we're still in the recording phase we have to figure out what to do we have to uh, I'll mostly cut corners, not in the video, but in other things. So like, uh, I think when I edited the Fallout video, I think all day was spent editing that. I did nothing but that. I finished it, but I wanted to uh, just get it at least, uh, we'll say on time, but there, like I said, there's never a time. I just, you know, it seems like if I, if I do this, this, and this today, and then do this thing tomorrow, I should have it done in two days. So that's the deadline. That's just the fake deadline I come up with in my head. Uh, but I think I've I've cut out, I guess, I well, saying that I've cut corners sounds really bad, but 
there's been things that I haven't, that I've kind of done, like with the Fallout video. I feel like if I didn't care so much about getting this in a timely fashion and took as long as possible, I would have just started a new character and got all the footage back again. But I realized people probably yeah, won't notice. Yeah, another 50-hour campaign. Yeah, it's a lot people of time. probably won't notice. Uh, I know that because uh, in my, some of my footage I realized in my, when I was recording, I was like a level 120. I had this specific weapon in my hand. Well, if I come out of the vault with that weapon in my hand, it kind of looks like I re-recorded the footage later. So what I did is I unequipped it and I tried to like kind of play it off. Like I wasn't level 120 and purposely going back to record this because I forgot it. But so sometimes I've cut a few things. Uh, sometimes I don't. It all, I guess, depends on the video. I think there was a couple instances in my Devil May Cry video. There was that was kind of a review for the game. And that Capcom, the company that makes it, is very big on replaying the game multiple times. So I was thinking I could play in the other difficulty and maybe talk about how fun it gets at a higher level. Is it better? And then I realized maybe I don't that because that's like twice as much time, three times as much time. And as I was explaining in the gameplay section... I didn't really like some of the characters that I played with. I just couldn't jive with their abilities and combos. So I realized if I didn't like it the first time, I'm not going to like it the second or third time. I'd like to have fun when recording this at the very least. So, yeah, I've cut a few. We'll, we'll say I've cut a few corners. That's a for the lack of a better term. Uh, but I, I try not to, like, cut out whole sections or anything like that because then the video just doesn't sit right with me. I think the reason I'm so curious about this is, of course, um, this is aimed at, you know, this podcast is all about aiming at people who are thinking about getting started, YouTube just getting started, and a mm. lot of the research I've done and the people I've spoken to, people don't get started on YouTube because of an absolute fear of perfectionism. Unless in their minds that something is absolutely perfect, it's as good as they can possibly get it, they're unwilling to release stuff. And the effect of this is some people kind of don't even start. Do, do, do you know what I mean? And they really struggle to get started because of this. And so I think it's very yeah. reassuring to people to hear from a professional like yourself um, mm. these kinds of thought processes behind getting the work done. Yes. I mean, YouTube, since whenever it released, I think like somewhere between 2006 and 2009, I don't remember the actual year, but since then, ever since then, it is, this has been a very informal website. Uh, it's gotten, it's gotten more professional with actual big companies and political, you know, news sites and whatnot joining, but, and obviously people have hired editors and that was hiring an editor was not a thing in 2009. Nobody did that. Uh, so it's, it's gotten more professional and to a degree, they are the people that say that are right. You do need to be somewhat of, of a perfectionist because if you just don't care at what you're making or it's like, oh, this is just a simple mistake. It's okay. That video could very well be the video that gets a lot of views. And then you're going to hate yourself because it, that's the one video you screwed up on. And now everybody's seen it. Uh, Perfect example. My highest viewed video I've ever made was a Apex Legends video on the story of a character named Octane. Uh, I took a lot of the story from EA's website because that's where most of the information was because the character had just released. And also back in the beginning of Apex, there was very little story. They've adapted it tremendously, which is great. But in the beginning, very bare bones, just the simple backstory why the character's even here. 
one of the characters that the that Octane met was another character in the game called Lifeline, but they used her real name. Uh, AJ Shea is her name. I pronounced her name horribly. I think it's I think I said AJ AJ She or something. I've never played Lifeline, so and I was told in the comments that if you go to her voice lines, you can hear her say her name. I've never played her at that point in time. I never touched her. I had a friend that played her a lot and we used to play together. So we had a team composition going. Mm. That video did so well and 90% of my comments are correcting me on not knowing the pronunciation of a character's name. I'm okay with it. You know, it's still interaction. It's still engagement. It's still funny to look at. But I, I personally, I think it's a little different because I didn't know it was a mistake. But if you knew it was a mistake and you still uploaded it like that, and then it gets to that. Some people may correct you on it forever. I don't. I think as long as that video gets views, people are still going to correct me on the terminology and the pronunciation of her name, because I've I screwed it up bad. Oh, how interesting! And that's your most viewed video. How, how many views is that on? Uh, I think it's one point two, one point three million, maybe. Yeah, I think one point two million. Wow, that's mad. Mm. How funny. Did you know that was going to pop off as hard as it did? There's a few videos I made, especially back when I uploaded For Honor videos. Uh, I knew there was videos that when I made them, I figured they were going to do fairly well. Fairly well to me was at least over 10,000 views, maybe a 20, maybe 30. Um, but sometimes it just surprises you and does even better. I did not expect to ever get even close to a million. So that was... A huge wake-up call for me when I woke up and the views just kept going. I would wake up, I would go to bed and wake up, and it's a hundred thousand views later. And I was I was genuinely impressed. Uh, I didn't think it was gonna do uh, well at all. I guess. Mm. How funny. Well, what's cool is you very much established yourself almost, I would say, as a video game journalist, right? Around the time when you were covering Apex Legends and um, For Honor. Right, that felt a bit more, say, uh, journalistic than, uh, say, narrative or review based. I I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, that's that would be correct. Yeah, uh, it was definitely for honor. I did a few videos on Apex that I wanted to branch off and do story, but for the most part, with for honor, it was very game journalist like, uh, up just something you might see on like IGN's website of a new update coming to this game is pretty much what it was. Mm. what workflows did you prefer do you prefer kind of the more journalistic stuff or the narrative based script things uh in terms of ease of use and how easy it is to make the game journalist stuff is like brain dead simple it is <laughs> not it is not too terrible as long as you understand the game especially if you're doing uh this on one game in one series that you play a lot then you're going to understand what's going on. That was the one thing I needed to focus on when I did the For Honor videos is when I made them, I needed to make sure I knew what I was talking about. So if a character got, you know, nerfed or buffed or something happened to the character, instead of just relaying the info of uh, this character's damage is now, you know, 10 as opposed to 15, instead of saying that, I could go, uh, this character's damage is now 10 instead of 15, which means this attack isn't going to do much, which it already didn't do much to begin with, so I'm very unsure why the devs decided to nerf her already. I would say things like that. Just to elaborate more to kind of show that I know somewhat what I'm talking about. I didn't do it all the time. 
just because I didn't play every character in that game. It, I think it's in like 20 plus characters now. There's way too much. It would take way too much time to do that. But in terms of getting the videos out faster and easy, definitely that. But there was a reason why I left. I stopped doing those videos in the first place. Uh, I much more enjoy these because I can be very creative. And I, I think I value pretty much ultimate creative freedom when I do videos in any setting, I've realized. Hmm. Would you care to elaborate a bit more on that in terms of what that ultimate creative freedom then would mean to you in current standing? Uh, yeah, so recently I'm I'm doing some university classes and one of the re- one of the required things to graduate is you have to do an internship and you could do an internship anywhere but they recommend highly recommend that you do something related to your major and my major is regarding film and visual uh, effects and whatnot so it all kind of matches anyway uh at the at the company that I'm with now they they're a professional company they have rules they all the people i talk to are employees of a boss so they have deadlines to meet certain things that they have to do they have clients that have uh restrictions they have their general restrictions because they're a business and when they were some of the stuff i've done at the internship was they will uh basically say all right we're gonna do a social media post for uh july 4th so Make a cool little video. It doesn't have to be crazy. You can do some B-roll footage, a little bit of text. I went, okay, yeah, this is perfect. I could do that. And as I realized, I went, I, I don't, not that I don't like it, but it's, I have so many restrictions that I have to follow. I have to uh, buy the licenses for stuff on Adobe Stock and uh, all of the audio that we use because it, that could be a copyright issue in the future. I have to make sure the stock footage is, you know, the the correct proportions and everything is working out. But with YouTube, I can pretty much do whatever I need to. And I think that's why I like doing this the most is because there is no restrictions. I am my own boss. I can do, I can make whatever video I want, have it done whenever I want. It's all up to me. And I think that's why I like, I've, I value a, a large amount of creative freedom. And I think that's why I enjoyed YouTube almost immediately when I started uploading. And doing it so often over the past four or five years now, that must, yeah. even though, as you say, you're not going to hard deadlines, you're still kind of hitting every one or two weeks. That must have taught you a hell of a lot of discipline and kind of self-motivation. And there must be so many lessons you would have learned in terms of work ethic, which will have surely complemented your you know, IRL lifestyle outside of YouTube. Mm, there was, uh, there's a, a lot of things I've learned. Um, I think I, cause I, in the past was looking at like, you know, how to gain subs, just like anybody else was, how do I gain subs? How do I attract viewers? And, uh, I realized half of that really doesn't make any sense. The first thing they'll always say is uh, high quality footage, but it is so vague that nobody knows what that means. It's, a, you want actual quality resolution footage, but you don't want uh, stutters or skips in your audio. You want to make sure that, like what I was saying before with the uh, the video matching the audio. If I'm talking about a specific boss fight, I want gameplay of that boss fight. It doesn't make any sense if it's not a lot, if it's like misaligned. And uh, there's, yeah, I've I've learned a few things from this. Uh, I've I've had to cut back on a few. Uh, things I've done I think 
when I first started, I was in like, I was in like two sports back in high school. And one of them I dropped because I didn't really enjoy it too much. But the second one I dropped because they had games on Tuesday. I We had games on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I wouldn't get home till like seven o'clock. And Thursdays is when those dev streams came out. Those came out at noon. I was in school from noon. I wouldn't get home till 730. And I realized that like if I want to get this video out, get some views at a good time, I can't do this. I So I had to chew. I had to sacrifice a few things for that. And I... I didn't have a, it's not like I'm sacrificing, you know, my favorite sport for something that is a a hit or miss. I was not really enjoying the sport anyway. The team was questionable, but (laughs) I've, I've learned a few things just from the sacrifices I've had to make on occasion. And these aren't like obviously grand sacrifices. It's the occasional like uh, friends are hanging out today. Well, I have to, I have to edit this video. I can't. Or uh, so I won't be able to hang out today or something like that. It's I've never had to make some grand sacrifice in terms of that. But for, I guess, what, what you mentioned before, like disciplines and other values and stuff, it's gotten me better at speaking. I think I am a quite introverted person and I realized that I was able to speak a bit better when doing this. Uh, public speaking wasn't that big of an issue as much as, uh, of, it used to be a big fear of, I mean, a lot of people in high school had that fear too. Uh, writing the scripts has kind of made my vocabulary better. Uh, I'm still trying to get good at it. I use a lot of basic words. Uh, sometimes I like, I'm, I like using more elaborate words. I guess it just sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, I, I think YouTube is YouTube's taught me quite a few things, I'd say. That's awesome to hear. And by extent, um, in your IRL life, when you mentioned the work you're doing both at university at a film course and also an internship in a film company, did you, was, did you let them know that you did YouTube when you were applying? Was there any kind of real-world benefit uh, other than the things we've discussed of you having a YouTube channel? Um... Yeah, I would say so. I think for the university probably wasn't a huge it didn't seem like a benefit. Um the it the, the college didn't feel like a huge benefit, but the internship I think did because they made me uh fill out a resume and a cover letter and whatnot. And I explained and they brought me into the interview process and I had to explain to them uh how I make my videos and what they are and my portfolio was my entire channel. So it's it is helpful. So if uh, if you are doing something, I mean, I guess it can even, it doesn't even have to be film related. I feel like you could make a port, if you do makeup videos and you want to go into the makeup industry, you could use your YouTube videos as your portfolio to showcase your skill in makeup and whatnot. So I feel like in a way it's, it's helpful. Mm, I completely agree. Yeah, it is so unexpected that's one of the reoccurring themes of of doing this podcast that i've realized is that um the majority of people i've been lucky to speak to on here who have successful youtube channels have had tangible benefits in their careers as a result of their youtube channel which of course you never expect um so that's obviously such a cool thing to hear yeah the, the i think the one of the more interesting benefits um was i realized I, th- I finally figured out how to do taxes. Uh, that was a 
wild thing to figure out for the first time. Uh, taxes are drastically different. I had to, and my friends work nine to fives, retails and restaurant jobs and whatnot. So they have the paycheck, all the taxes get cut out during their paycheck. It's all quite simple. But every year I have, a, I have an entire notepad of things I can deduct uh, that are work related because they don't take taxes out every time I get a paycheck. They take it out all at one time. So it looks like I'm getting taken like lots of money out of my account. And the more I make, the more that goes, the more that gets taken away, uh, which is so I had to learn a bit uh, about how the taxes, at least for this work, uh, the way that this form of taxes work and how payment works for this. And uh, the payment is still very weird to me. And I, I still don't get it myself. But I know that if whatever I make in January, I will get paid in March. I, it's always two months behind. I don't know why. So wow. and now it's now it's fine because I've been, you know, gaining income for months for the past, you know, couple of years, but when you start, you won't be making any money for 2 months even if the video does amazing cuz YouTube has to process it and when it's March, I get the stuff from January, when it's April, I get the stuff from February, and then May, I finally get what I make in March. So it was wow. uh, it's hard to keep track of. I don't care too I don't really care too much. Uh, I just as long as something is coming in so that I know that it's, you know, it's still working. And I know that, all right, I I made, I don't know, let's say $300 this month. It's no, I don't need it right now. As long as, as long as it comes in, then everything's fine. Cause if that money didn't come in two months later, I got to talk to somebody. So <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, I don't, I don't mind the two months. It's just weird. I feel like you just any other job it has, you know, you get paid what you make that month at the end of the month. It's it, I don't know YouTube is very weird and I think that's uh, that that taught me a few things that I had to learn myself. Wow, for sure. Yeah, I I wasn't aware of that um in terms of how YouTube handles those payments. So that definitely sounds um. Uh, I guess I would be somewhat unimpressed. I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully, ho I don't know if that is the actual standard. I could very well have done something, and that's just how my stuff is stuck. I, maybe it's paid monthly or maybe that is just youtube standard but yeah that's it, it that that part has never really concerned me that much it's just a weird quirk i guess this website has we'll call it oh how funny okay well let's uh let's once more let's just revisit them those early days back in 2016 you were actually 16 years old in high school um yes. do you remember kind of the content that you made and your intentions with the channel that got you between zero and a thousand subscribers in the first place. The story of your first thousand, if you will. Uh, yeah. So the first couple of videos I made, like I said in the beginning, uh, just kind of doing whatever, whatever stuck. It was pretty much whatever game I was uploading. And then after a couple months or so, I was kind of doing a bit more brainstorming and thinking about what I should be making. And... That's when I remembered the uh, the loads of YouTubers I had seen be successful on this platform by talking about a series or talking about a uh, a game. Excuse me. Um, and at that time, uh, a game called Titanfall Two was releasing, and I had played Titanfall One a lot. I think i I have the uh, I have the highest rank in the game, and there was also uh, a very unique emblem we'll call it there was a challenge where you had to do this extremely tedious challenge 50 times it took me two weeks to do 
uh, they uh, they eventually patched it and made it five instead of fifty. But if anybody oh, no. had it, if anybody had the challenge beaten before they patched it, you got a specific little emblem to showcase that you went through all that pain. Uh, so I I had a lot of knowledge on the game and I still like it. And when the second game released, I went, "This is perfect. I can. It's a game that I know what I'm talking about." So I would I covered the news and I covered the uh, I covered pretty much anything that I kind of wanted to. I also looked at uh, the competition that I had, or if there was uh, anything that was missing from the community, I guess. Uh, usually in a game, there's always going to be the people that upload videos talking about new updates. Then there's going to be people that are high-level gameplay or guides and tips. So those things are usually checked off the list almost always. Sometimes people do more multiple of those in one channel. I just stuck with one of them because it was uh, that's what just made sense to me. So after I did that, uh, I was looking at other options, and then I realized I didn't really have many options. You could do lore videos, you could do speedrunning videos, all of those work too, but at the time I didn't, I didn't want to do those. So I stuck with the story. It didn't do terrible. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, there was a YouTuber who had been a, uh, who had uploaded Titanfall 1 videos before, and I'll get to that in a second, but uh, I realized he had a lot of, the, he took a lot of the the viewership, we'll call it. So I didn't grow as much as I wanted to. After I went into For Honor, I kind of started picking up speed there. I got extremely lucky with For Honor, and I will be very blessed that any of that happened. Uh, a lot of things happened uh, that got me uh, a tremendous amount of viewership. But uh, the the thing I realized with the Titanfall video uh, was that other YouTuber, and uh, it, that also had me thinking as well. If you want to hop into a game, let's say a larger series, let's say we're on the fourth entry and you're new. Now, I haven't uploaded a single video, but you want to keep uploading in this series. You have to think of the viewership sometimes, because if I have been a fan of the game since one, maybe the YouTuber that is doing this is still, but he hasn't had the you know chances to upload content until the fourth game because he finally got a game capture or something. If there was a YouTuber that's been part of the you know community uploading videos since the first game and i've been subbed to this person since the first game now we're on the fourth game i got a you know i got a connection with this person i don't want to go anybody else i'm just gonna stick with him especially if he covers one topic like if he covers the news on this game i'm not going to anybody else for news but this guy i've watched him for four straight games for years there's a reason why i like him i'm gonna stick with him so why am i gonna watch the person who just started that was the problem I was having, is because he had uploaded for years on the first Titanfall. Why the hell would anybody want to go to me when I just started? Especially because they know how YouTube works. They got the quality going. Uh, and I was, that was like, not only was I hopping into the series late, even though I had played the previous game, it was like my first dozen videos. Very new. So a lot of cards were against me there. Uh, but when For Honor came out, I did the same thing. Uh, I ended up doing news content. I found out that that was very easy. It helped with a lot of my time in school because I didn't have a whole lot of time to do large, grandiose videos. I had to keep it simple. But at the time, because news is so simple to do, like I said, it's brain dead how easy it is. I had <laughs> me uh, and then four other YouTubers also covering story or also covering the news of this game at the same time. Uh, one of them moved to Fortnite, so there was four of us. One of them ended up getting, uh, we'll call it 
blacklisted from the company. I don't want to go too much into details, uh, but something bad relationships with the company. So now we're down to three. One of them hasn't uploaded, uh, stopped doing a lot of the uploads a couple years ago. He still uploads, but it's just there was a lot of things going on. He was moving states. Uh, the pandemic hit him hard. Uh, he was not getting many hours for security that he worked. So he didn't upload as much. Down to two. And I was one of those two. And me and him pretty much shared the viewership for like an entire year. So we went from five people to two in the span of a, in like two years. And now since I'm gone... For the past year, it's been just him. He is the only, I unless I'm wrong, I think he's like the only person that uploads four on our news now. He's, nobody, he he's beaten everybody by default, in a sense, for the viewership of the community. I got extremely lucky that that happened because all of the YouTube, the other four YouTubers, huge channels. They blew up even what, like uh, the, the channel that went to Fortnite. They blew up when they went to Fortnite, but they were popular anyway. These guys were pulling in 30,000, 40,000 views. So, I mean, back in the beginning of the game when a lot of people played, it was even in the hundreds of thousands. And I was getting like 2,000 views. But as they stopped uploading, people still wanted that news. So they went to other outlets and somehow good majority of them came to me. And that's, I, I would say that I got very lucky in my first, th for my first thousand. Uh, I, I don't know how, that that happened there was a lot of it wasn't obviously all luck there was obviously the i had to make the videos and upload them at a good time but the circumstances of all the outside stuff i feel like played a dramatic part in getting the thousand for my first thousand subs i think you're being very modest when you say that it was lucky <laughs> I think you are obviously putting the work in. It sounds... What's interesting there is that sounds so Mafia-esque. Were you in actual contact with any of these five others? Like, were you guys... Did you guys ever actually uh, talk to each other at all? How, um, how, 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 how much was this aware? Were you all aware of this, I guess, between you? The community was kind of tight-knit in general, not just the people that made the news videos, but everybody else, kind of. Uh, you would see in the past videos, I think, like, probably the second year of the game, probably a good majority of the comments, maybe even now I haven't checked in a while, but especially in the you know year one, year two of the game, a lot of the liked and hearted and pinned comments are other YouTubers that I've known. And I know a good majority of them. Uh, I've talked to a good majority of them. It's not like I'm like big friends with them. Like we talk daily and stuff, but I, they know of me. They knew of me. I knew of them. That was the extent of our relationship. Uh, and in terms of the five people, including me, that uploaded, um, the one that's still uploading to this day, uh, his name is Infinite, I probably talked to him the most during that time. The other three somewhat stick to themselves, um, so I didn't really get a chance to talk to them too much, but I feel like if I figured it out that like there's five of us, and now there's four, and now we're slowly losing, which means you know more viewership... I th I'm pretty sure the other four figured it out pretty quickly, too. Oh, supply and demand, business. Yeah. All very, very mafia-esque, keeping an eye on each other. Well, what's cool there, I mean, you mentioned it earlier in regard to, say, makeup um, videos, actually, but I guess at the time, this was just an extent of your hobby, right? You, By the sounds of it, you enjoyed For Honor so much anyway. It was just kind of playing off something you were spending a lot of time with anyway. Like, I guess it didn't really feel like work. It, yeah, in a way, For Honor was very... 
uh, was a little different. Titanfall 2 was definitely where I enjoyed I enjoyed the game anyway. I was going to play the game anyway. Let's record it. And that's still a good majority of the videos that I upload today. Uh, like with the Fallout video a couple days ago. I'm already enjoying it. Let's just make a video. Forno was different. I, I, I wanted to make a criteria. I, I needed to fit somewhere. Because, like I stated before, I didn't want to do a game in a series. Because they were already going to be established YouTubers with lots of you know viewership. It'd be kind of hard to jump into it. So I needed a new game. Which means, no matter, even if the person had 100 to 200,000 subs, everybody's come into this thing fresh because nobody has viewership from previous games. This this is the only game. So it was, that's what my mindset was. I still don't know if that was entirely correct, but I realized it's a decently looking game. I'll give it a try. And it's new. It's made by Ubisoft. It's a reputable company to an extent. So I was, I was like, yeah, this might be a good idea. And then after I, after I started playing, that's when I got into the, yeah, now I'm really enjoying this game. I, I enjoyed the game because it was going to, it was finally something I could do for YouTube. I slightly enjoyed its gameplay, but then after I started playing more and more, both of those kind of raised, like I started enjoying it more because YouTube videos, but then it also was because I enjoyed the game a lot too. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was, I feel like I had a talk about this actually. I don't think, if I didn't do YouTube, I don't think I would have played the game. I'm not entirely sure if I would have played the game. Titanfall, definitely. I don't know about For Honor. I'm not entirely sure. The The genre was intriguing enough for me to upload videos, but I think without the benefit of the videos and all the other circumstances, I don't know. I'm not, I haven't thought about that, and I don't know if I'll ever figure that out because it's never going to happen. Maybe in a different timeline it might, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if I would have bought the game. How interesting. Wow. How interesting. Mm. God, I mean, I, I want to ask more on that, but I guess, I mean, you summarized that there. Like, I guess we're never going to know. That's just so interesting yeah. that, as you say, you might not yeah. have ever even bought it or played it. Well, okay, you, you've, t you've spoken about series. Um, whereas more recently you've kind of delved into single long-form examinations of individual games, such as Dove May Cry, such as the Fallout 76, that sort of thing. Um, mm. When did this transition kind of come about, and are you enjoying this kind of content more? Uh, definitely enjoying it more. Uh, awesome. That's a absolute fact. But uh, I realized probably around the third year of For Honor releasing, I think the game's on year five at the moment, but around year three, I was, the viewership was kind of dropping. The game uh, on launch, a lot of people played it. But then after like a month because of server issues and bugs and a lot of just issues with the game, player drop plummeted hard. Uh, and then it slowly kind of came back. But if the player base was here on release, I think like a year later, it was like down here still. So they never got back the large amount of players that the game had. But they still got some people back, which was great. And the, the people that played it semi-enjoyed it, which was good. But I realized after year three, I just the viewership wasn't there that much. I was, I realized that I guess it's just people kind of getting bored with the game. I can't really control, you know, what they do. They're free to not watch a video of mine when they want. And I, I was realizing it too that they were probably getting bored of the game, which meant that they weren't watching any videos on it. And I was kind of getting bored with the game. It was somewhat stale, but 
there was still a good enough amount of things to do that it kept you entertained, but just it was a it was a mishmash of things. Uh, characters not being updated when they needed to, just general boredom with the game, uh, and a, a bunch of other things. So I realized that I needed to uh, I needed to do something. I needed to do something different, and. I think uh, around October 2019 was when I started delving, uh, where it kind of, I started thinking a bit more about that. So I covered a game called uh, Outer Worlds. That I did a lot of challenge videos for that game. Uh, beating the game by killing everybody. Beating the game without taking any damage. Uh, I got a lot of inspiration from a YouTuber called uh, Mitten Squad. I enjoyed a lot of his Fallout challenge videos. Very similar to the Outer Worlds one that I made. Uh, that game had a lot more things you could do as opposed to the Outer Worlds, but I wanted to do something like that because I found them uh, entertaining. I liked challenges, and it was infuriating, but it was somewhat worth it because it made me think a bit more. And then that really wasn't going anywhere either. They did pretty well, but it wasn't staying well. It wasn't staying consistent. The other issue that the problem with Outer Worlds is that there wasn't much to do uh, it was kind of one of those games where you play it once, maybe twice, and that's about it. Uh, and that's, that, that is an issue with single player games. If you can't hook the player for more than one playthrough, it's kind of a problem. They might, I mean, yeah, you get their money, but like, they just don't feel happy after they're done. Cause it's like, then I played this one time. I want to play it more, but I just can't find the drive to. So that was the issue I was running into. And I think that's different for everybody. I feel like there's somebody that's probably put in, you know, a thousand hours probably on that game. Not me. No, nowhere near that. But I can see that there's probably somebody that did. So I need to figure something out. And this is where I got into really thinking what the hell was going on. So the biggest thing that I figured out Nothing was connecting any anybody. We had game one and genre one, and then uh, game two and genre two. So we'll have For Honor, which is a fighting game, with the genre being news coverage. Second game, you know, maybe like three days later, we get an Outer, uh, Outer Worlds video. Outer Worlds is a first-person shooter adventure game. Very different from a fighting game. The genre, uh, the genre of the video was a challenge kind of funny video. News and funny aren't the same. The games aren't the same. Nothing in this square is connecting. So what would happen, and this happened a lot with the Monster Hunter videos I figured out, because same thing uh, with this example. I had like two separate fan bases because the, the Monster Hunter videos were doing really well. I think as a series, I think that's probably the best series I've ever made. They, they have done phenomenal. But it, I don't think it was enough. And I've, obviously I can't tell if people have gone to the other videos and like the other videos I've made that isn't Monster Hunter, but I have a feeling that they only came there to watch Monster Hunter videos. So they would stick to that side of my channel. And then when For Honor was there, the For Honor people would stick to that. So I had two separate fan bases that never interacted or talked with one another because they had two separate games and that's all they were there for. And that bothered me a lot. Because then I had to, I it was the same issue I had before, not being able to branch out to new stuff, but I have two separate fan bases. That's what it seemed like. I'm not entirely sure if that's true or not. It just felt like it. Because it makes sense if I watched this style of content, and then the next day it's a completely different style of content, I'm not going to watch that. 
It's not what I want. It's not what I subbed to this YouTuber for. So I think that's technically what happened. So I had to figure out what to do. And that's where I came up with these sorts of videos. I enjoyed these. This is when I started getting in, uh, introduced to YouTubers that did videos like this. Uh, review channels like Luke Stevens and Joseph Anderson who have made three to five seven-hour videos of, on games. Uh, White Light and Racy Vic, other, uh, two other YouTubers that do a lot of video essays. Uh, I got a lot of inspiration from those four. Uh, and I still watch those four on a almost daily basis because they're just that entertaining. And I realized I enjoy this. I can talk about games. And that's just what I wanted to do. I just wanted to talk about them and talk about things about the game that I liked or I was interested in. Instead of maybe not just a review, but maybe a specific aspect of the game that I like the most. And that's kind of where I had that sometimes it's a review, like with the Fallout video or the Bioshock video, where it's one part of the game, not the whole game itself. That's how that started. And it was, it wasn't October 2019, but that's where it roughly started to settle, sit in with me of like, we got to do something. It didn't take effect until Cyberpunk came out. Because then that's when I pretty much made the full transition of I'm dropping For Honor and I'm going to something else. I made a video on the channel actually that said my last video on For Honor. It's unlisted because I even said in the video, I it feels weird keeping that up. That was just for the, you know, for the community that saw it, for the guys that saw it for the week or so it was up. You got the gist. I'm going to just unlist it because I don't want somebody going through my, you know, their feed of mine and just seeing... Uh, essay, 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 leaving game, and then the stuff that happened before that. I kind of want to get rid of that. It's a little weird. It just doesn't seem mm. professional to me. That's kind of how that worked, I'd say. So interesting, the phrasing of it didn't seem professional, because I guess it's strange to <clears throat> consider what would or would not be perceived as professional on YouTube, right? Um, but I understand yeah. where you're coming from. I just never encountered anything like that before. Mm. Everybody's kind of got their own idea of professionalism or, or what they think is a, a professional thing. Uh, I want to be presentable to people when they show up to the channel. Uh, so when they're looking for something specific, I want to make sure that it's there. So a good example is if they're looking for, you know, extra essay videos, I make sure there's a playlist of all the video essays they could go to. And because that's what I would think they would come here for, at least, or what somebody might enjoy because they liked the video that brought them here, which is now going to be essay videos. They're probably going to like the other ones I've made. Uh, and I feel like having the that stuff, I, I've seen that on YouTubers before. They have like a, an apology video or addressing some allegations video, and it's just like a stain on out. the channel. Yeah, it's just a big stain on the channel, especially if you make that. And then continue making regular content as if nothing happened. It's just like business as usual, weird gap, and then business as usual. It just felt weird. That's why I didn't want to keep that video in there. But I want I wanted to at least give people the time to see it. So that's why I somewhat delayed the Skyrim video that came after that. Uh, probably like a week or so. Also because I was that was a very long video. But uh, I wanted it's to give them at video. least... Yeah, that was uh, there was a lot of things wrong with that video that I wish I changed. But uh, I was so sick of doing it, that video. I kind of wanted it to be kind of finished somewhat. Uh, I guess kind of hopping into like an 
hour, however long video that was, was a bit, uh, a bit drastic of a jump for me. But I wanted to, I wanted to the the first video, the first video essay of why I'm, you know, I wanted to show people the the, the older community that I had. Hey, I'm leaving, but here's the new content. It's it's you know, if you thought this was good, everything else I'm making after this is going to be probably just as good as this. Uh, so I I went a little too uh, I I went a little far with it, and I think that's uh. We might be getting a little off topic here, but I think that's the uh, other thing that I've re- that's I think that's a weakness of mine is I'll hop into something uh, that I think might sound like a good idea. And then when I try to do it in the next video, it doesn't make sense. Um, a good example is around the time I was making the Skyrim video weeks, months before that, I was watching those three to four hour videos of people analyzing the game down to everything and i was like this is really cool i'm gonna make one and then i made it and then when i finished it i went i rambled on the same thing i went like word for word play by play of a an entire quest that people have already played this is not as good as i thought it was going to be so let's not do that again keep i'm okay with making longer videos just don't make it long for the sake of it being long. Cause I was, I remember when I was in a call with my friends while I was making this video and I was like, God, gentlemen, we've hit past 40 pages. We've, this is huge. We've hit the 40 page wow. mark. I was like, I was like, let's go. This is the longest script I've ever made. And it's like, cool. Is it 40 pages of good content? That was questionable. I don't think, it, I don't think it was. So that's why when I made the fallout three video, which I think was right after that, it is still long, but drastically shorter. Uh, I was going to go very in-depth on the Fallout 3 video, but I cut it down tremendously because uh, I fell into the same trap again. A more recent example is the Devil May Cry video. In the intro of the video, I had this like cool kind of VHS little intro that I had that I thought was really cool. If you check the Fallout video, it's not there. The intention was to keep doing that. And then I, but I realized this is not this doesn't fit i just don't like this it was cool for this one video or it was barely cool for this one video i don't know if i want to keep doing this so i've i've made a few mistakes and i'm still making mistakes i'm trying not to fall into that trap again uh i'm probably going to at some point it's just kind of inevitable uh where a mistake is going to be made it doesn't look like a mistake in the video the 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 way i edited it was great it's just the fact of i had this intro the intention was to keep this for every video going forward but then i stopped it after the first one because it just didn't make sense for it just i didn't like it i guess if you're not trying new things though then you can never grow and you can never evolve so i'd say on the flip side of the coin there's something you did you've done a couple of times which i really liked which is you actually opened a couple of your videos for example the ghost of tashima with a quote that is to do with the narrative or the philosophy of what the game is representing and i love that i think i mentioned it to you like i even uh, made a screensaver based on one of the quotes that you used i thought that yes. was really powerful so with i guess without trying these new different things that that's what leads to evolution that's what leads to growth so i don't think that's a mistake by any means yeah that was uh the same situation actually that i around that time ghost of tsushima before it came out and while i was playing it i was i was still very heavy into this and i was years ago i'm still a big fan of a, a youtuber called vadi vidya he makes uh, dark souls lore videos i love his content it's just 
everything's well-made, professional, perfect. Um, every now and then, his intro will have a quote, or some of the videos had a quote, or something along those lines. And I thought, that's, that's actually pretty cool. What if I started the video with a quote? And I don't think I was going to continue doing that, but especially for this video, what if we did a quote? And I think it worked out okay, but I, I definitely can't see myself having some quote for every single video, even in the ones I've made in the past. Like, I can't think of one for these recent videos. But I, I, guess, I guess that's fair uh, in terms of trying and trying something new, seeing which I guess you're comfortable with, what your limits are and whatnot. Mm. Awesome. Okay, I'm just conscious that we're closing to the end now. So I guess we'll just go to quite quite kind of one of my closing questions then, which is Jinji, as as we say, a professional YouTuber who's, you know, smashing the scene, who's been in it for in the scene for about five years now, you know exactly what you're about. What would your advice be to people who are looking to start a YouTube channel within this space? Um YouTube is a harsh reality, and I realized that very quickly. Uh you youtube has this beautiful the everything the way that youtube works and how everything is so user friendly it gives the ability to make to have anyone make whatever they want whenever they want problem if you want to be successful on youtube you can't make whatever you want when you want i would have been content with making titanfall videos for like two years i could not do that that was there's no way i was going to grow by doing that a good example let's plays Let's Plays in 2009 were huge. PewDiePie, uh, Jacksepticeye, Markiplier, to name a few. They were huge back then because nobody uploaded in 2009. People were just happy to see content. So you could be super informal. All the videos there are drastically different than what they make now. And it was simple 30-minute Let's Plays. And that was it. Barely edited. Not a whole lot of effects. Straight bare bones. No one's really looking at Let's Plays in 2021. At least I don't think so. I don't find Let's Plays entertaining too much. To a degree, it all depends on the person. Uh, I know there's a few YouTubers that, deal, that still definitely uh, do really well with Let's Plays, but that's the, that's the issue. The, you can be pretty successful in the gaming sphere by doing a, a specific niche or doing a game and stuff because the people that are uploading uh, Call of Duty and you're playing Valorant, they're not going to screw with your viewership. Probably not, because they're drastically different games. So you don't have to worry about too many people. As long You just have to kind of worry about you know, what you're making on that game, which is great. But the problem, uh, Let's Plays are the biggest issue to me, because you can be successful making an entire video dedicated to Let's Plays. From just You might be really good at the game. You might be really funny. You have like a one in a million chance of getting successful by doing Let's Plays. If you look at anybody that's doing Let's Plays currently, um, the three I mentioned before, Corey Kenshin, uh, Rad Brad, they've been uploading Let's Plays for like nine years. If you started today, probably not going to get anywhere. Because like I stated before with having a series, why would I watch you play this game? I've been watching Rad Brad for eight years. What's another video? I'll just watch him again. That's the issue. So YouTube... YouTube has this lovely ability to upload whatever you want, whenever you want. But if you want to get far to a degree, I would say it's not entirely, this isn't entirely true. This isn't the end all be all, but to a degree, you can't always do what you want. You have to sometimes do something, make a video that you might not be entirely into, 
or maybe do a genre or a game. You won't you won't always have it good. Most people in the early days, they had it pretty good. They could do what they want. But now with the I mean, YouTube's huge. Uh, I think there was some survey that I saw, whether that was true or not, but a lot of younger kids want to be content creators, want to be YouTubers. They don't want to be teachers and lawyers and doctors. Content creation is fun. Going on TikTok, going on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, it's all very entertaining and fun. The problem is because there's so many people, it's kind of a big market, really oversaturated market, this website. So you really have to think. It's not just as simple as, I'm going to make this Let's Play video and it's just going to do well. If you want to make videos because you find them entertaining, you don't really expect to get you know anything out of this just because you purely like this, you're going to have a blast because you can do whatever you want. You don't care about the views you get, the engagement. You're going to have a fun time. But when you care too much, that's when it hits you. Uh, a lot of some people have said that uh, most people that upload on YouTube are not normal to a degree. I think that's fair. Uh, I cared. I still do to uh, an extent cared way too much about what I was making, uh, which is okay. You should care what you're making, but I cared way too much. Uh, it got uh, pretty rough to uh, sometimes of like I was panicking, I think around October 2019. I, I always remember that date, that month and year uh, for months. I was panicking because uh, as an 11 year old, this was my dream. I had so many YouTubers that I aspired to be like. And when it hit that harsh reality when I became 19, doing these videos and around that time, it's not that simple. And I realized I might not be able to do this. And personally, if you can't do your dream job or the dream that you want to complete, what's the point? So it was it was rough for months. I was panicking that like my I had because but during For Honor, I was getting large, you know, large views and viewership and I was having fun. Things were going well. And then they started hitting really hard. And I realized this might be the end of it. I might not get out of this hump to a degree. Uh, I still am not because the viewership that I had years ago is uh way better than what I had this, you know, around this time, uh, even my recent videos, but I've stopped caring about it. I've stopped caring a lot about it. I'll still care, but not as bad as I was in 2019, where I was uh, in a pretty bad place because of it. It got too much because uh, it was all I was thinking about. And it was pretty rough. Uh, I stopped. I'm out of that mindset. I look back on that as a dumb mindset. I don't want to do that. I don't want to think like that anymore. Uh, and I don't. So I try just just remember that doing YouTube is going to be very tough. It, there is a one in a million chance, and it's very true, a one in a million chance that you will blow up out of nowhere. Something happens and you run with it. If it's a newer platform, maybe like TikTok or something, maybe there's a bit bigger of a chance. But on a website like YouTube, it is quite hard to start from nothing, do whatever you want, and just have it succeed by doing whatever you want. You're going to have to sometimes make a few sacrifices every now and then. And I think I realized that quite quickly, and I think I'm glad I did, because it uh, it humbled the shit out of me. Because I realized that this isn't as easy as I thought it was. Because everybody sees YouTubers uh, from their success. They don't see the hard shit that they went through 
in the beginning of the terrible quality, the awful mic quality, the the background stuff that no one even sees to this day, how much time goes into making the videos and the thought process behind them. Everyone just sees the really cool looking video and thinks, I want to do that. And you can. And I think that's totally fair because it's it, that's what got me interested in it. But when you hop into this website, it is drastically different. There is, uh, at least to me, maybe I'm, and that's, that's why I've always tried to not say that this is a confirmed fact or anything, because maybe I'm thinking way different than everybody else. Uh, I, I hope, I, I hope not, I think. I hope not, but I hope that's kind of what's happening uh, to everybody, that this eventually will start to humble people. But yeah, YouTube is, yeah, we'll leave, I think, I think we can leave it with that. I think to it, to an extent, depending on what you're, as a final word, to an extent, depending on what you're uploading, there's a lot of variables. But I would say for a good majority of people starting, you can do, you can have fun on this website doing, uploading whatever you want to succeed and have this as a full-time career, which I'm still not even anywhere close to that. Uh, you have to cut some corners, maybe be, maybe not go to that uh, concert that you wanted to go to because you want to make this video or you may have to do this game because it's the one that's working or something like that it's not going to be not everything is going to go your way and you're going to make you're going to spend tens of 20 30 hours i mean even in the videos i've made last week and two weeks ago i spent days like weeks on that gets two thousand views it's you're 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 rarely going to have the the whole um, I sh I deserve the reward for my effort that doesn't exist on this website rarely exists on this website at all. You're going to get hours. You're going to put hours into this website and get jack shit back. That's just what's going to happen. Eventually, that should alleviate if you happen to grow and your viewership starts to grow and whatnot. But that's how I that's how it seemed like in the beginning. I would put in hours of work to make a video and get nothing in return. But that's how this works. That's the harsh reality of this website. A lot of hard work. Yeah. Mm. Very sobering and I guess very serious advice there. But as we say from professional, from Gingy, you've been doing this five years, you know, 60, mm. nearly 70K subscribers. You are an absolute authority on this, and it has been a real privilege to hear your stories, to hear the ins and outs of your approach to YouTube and how you've developed and how you've grown over time. Thank you for so much for joining us today. Um, where can we where can we find you online? Um, so I can see the link underneath me. Uh, you could just look up Gingy on YouTube. It should pretty much show up with my youtube channel i've gotten to that point where it shows up now which is great um the ad underneath it is my twitter account that's pretty much where i am semi most active uh i used to have a discord channel but i realized that I, I was branching out too much and not kind of using them i would i made the discord and then never talked for like months i was the owner of it of all people i should be talking the most but i just didn't so the YouTube channel and the Twitter for sure. I usually update the community tab like a couple days for a video comes out. I never tell anybody what the video is. I'll always put a wallpaper of the game so that if people know what it is, 
they'll know that the video's coming. I don't know, just a little quirk that I thought was cool. Doesn't really mean much. But yeah, it's pretty much just YouTube and barely Twitter. But that's roughly about it. Awesome. Well, Jinji, we'll be sure to check in. Um, as a final word, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute privilege, as I say. And we'll catch you in the next one, all right? Cheers, Jinji. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you.